it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. Welcome to the podcast. Happy Monday. It's a new day, a new week, and a new episode of the Business Beauty Network podcast. I am super, super excited to share today's episode with you. Make sure that you are subscribed wherever you're listening and also leave us a review. The reviews really help other people to find us. So leave us a five-star review on Apple. You can also review us on Spotify as well, but on Apple, you can leave a written review and that really helps. So definitely do that there and also make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. If you hang out on YouTube, you will be able to catch some of the episodes on YouTube. In fact, today's episode is on there. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and the YouTube is Biz Beauty Network. So we're looking forward to connecting with you there. Also, we are on Facebook and Instagram and all those great things at Biz Beauty Network and connect with me at I am Brandy Taylor. I would love to connect with you there. Share your favorite episodes with me. Send me a DM, screenshot your favorite episodes in the stories let's connect also on every other wednesday we have the midweek beauty news with holly k so make sure you stay tuned holly k will be having an episode rolling out this wednesday the met gala is tonight so i'm sure she's gonna have a lot of tea about that so make sure that you catch holly's episode but let's get into today's episode i had a phenomenal conversation with connie Lowe. connie was just so great to have on the podcast um she really gave a lot of insight about what it took to build her brand and i really love that because sometimes people don't give a lot of details when they come on the podcast or they just give you like the surface level stuff but she really went to the beginning stages of what it took to build her brand. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. I mean, she, I learned something from her. I gained so much knowledge and it really was inspired by just having that conversation. And you'll see from the interview why. And also, I just want to say this. I've been using uh, Three Ships Beauty products for the last um, almost two months now. I've been using it and I have noticed the difference in my skin. Granted, Connie and her team did send me these products. I did not purchase them, but guys, oh my gosh, I have been noticing the results of my skin. I've been noticing my skin is brighter. I've been noticing that it's not as dry as it was before. And I'm using her serum and her radiance cream. And I've just been really loving these products. So they're very affordable. So if you're looking for a new skincare line, I recommend checking it out. I'll have all the information about Three Ships Beauty in the show notes. But here is her bio and stay tuned for this awesome episode. Today's guest is Connie Lowe. Connie is the founder of Three Ships, an all-natural vegan skincare brand on a mission to make clean beauty accessible for all women by providing 100% plant-derived, certified, cruelty-free skincare products all under $40. At Three Ships, Connie spearheads strategic partnerships, 
vendor and retail management, brand strategies, sales and marketing, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandy Taylor. We have an awesome guest today, Connie Lowe. Welcome, Connie. Thanks so much. It's so nice to be here. Awesome, awesome. Connie, before we get into all the great things you're doing with your company, tell us something about yourself that most people would not know. Oh, great. We're starting with this one, eh? Um, I mean, I do have a cop-out answer. I'm getting married this year, so I feel like most people would not know that. Um, I'm awesome. getting married, uh, on, in August, um, which is really exciting. So we got engaged at the start of COVID and the wedding's finally here. <laughs> awesome. Congratulations. That's exciting. Are you getting nervous about it or excited? Uh, to be honest, not really nervous or anything. I'm a pretty chill person. Um, and my fiance and I want this wedding to be really relaxed. Like we haven't really uh, stressed too much about it, but I think, and from what I've heard from talking to my friends who have gotten married, it's usually around the two month out mark that things start to get really intense. So I'm just enjoying the free time I have right now before <laughs> things get a little more hectic. Awesome. Awesome. So are you doing a big wedding? Um, well, we invited like 120 people, so I'm guessing around 100 will show up, uh, so not too big. Um, luckily, we're able to keep it semi-intimate, um, but still, you know, semi-destination as well. Uh, it's at this winery, like a two-hour drive from where I live, so really excited about that. Awesome. Well, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thanks for sharing. So take us on your entrepreneurial journey. Like, tell us about your background. Yeah, so it's kind of a long story. Um, but back when I was a kid, I was really inspired by my dad, who's an entrepreneur. Um, he had his own company and would let me tag along with him on business trips starting from the age of I think I was like six when I went on my first business trip with my dad. Um, and I think he brought me to Chicago. And then the year after that, he brought me to Brazil and then Germany. Um, and through those experiences, I realized that I fell in love with the idea of running my own business. And I think it also was a unique opportunity because I also got to see the negative side of being an entrepreneur, like carrying your work home and, you know, always thinking about work. But despite that, I still really want to do my own thing. Um, and so in high school and university, I ran my own businesses. And then when I graduated from business school, um, I went into marketing and sales and kind of felt like I had so much free time on my hands. And, you know, when you kind of feel like you, there's so much more in life for you and your, your potential is untapped. Um, that's really what I went through. So when I was around 22, 23, um, I started to feel like I wanted to start something new. And at the same time, my friend actually introduced me to his friend who had just graduated as well, who was thinking of starting a natural beauty company. And the reason why this friend introduced us is because he actually remembered that back when I was in grade five with him, um, wow. I was obsessed with natural skincare. I know I must have left quite an impression um, because he remembered that I would make my own face masks and, you know, with banana and oatmeal and green tea. Uh, and he was like, you should talk to my friend, Laura, because she's starting her own natural makeup remover company. And maybe you can give her some advice from a consumer's perspective. 
And so we met up for what was meant to be like a quick 30 minute sushi dinner where she'd show me her product. I'd give her some feedback and kind of move on. And then it turned into this like three hour business meeting of the minds where we talked about our values and what we saw for ourselves in our lives and even our personality types, realizing we're complete opposites. Um, and by the end of that three hour conversation, Laura turned to me and asked me to be her co-founder. Um, so that was wow. really when we started three ships um, at the age of 23. Um, we got started literally the day after in my apartment kitchen um, we pulled together savings, which was 2000 Canadian dollars each um, and started by literally hand making everything and mixing bowls um, while also working other full time jobs. So very, very bootstrap beginning days. Well, it sounds like it was meant to be because who knew that, you know, that friend that you had from the fifth grade <laughs> would connect you with her. And it would turn into a company like, you know, it had to be meant to be right. The yeah, right place you never the right know. Time. Like these things are so weird. And honestly, I'm a huge believer in, you know, what you put out into the universe, you get back and people being on different wavelengths and things like that. And even if we don't want to think about it in that quote unquote, woo woo kind of perspective, if you regularly are telling people what you're passionate about and they remember that, of course, they're going to be connecting you with people who are also interested in similar things. So that's like a less woo universe aspect but I like to believe it was the universe <laughs> oh yeah definitely <laughs> you know it had to be for sure um so how did you guys decide like on what products you would start because she was like a makeup remover company originally so how did you like have this powwow and bring it all together and decide what products you would launch first and like take us through the process of building this brand yeah, so we obviously weren't able to jump right into really sophisticated products like right now our best sellers are our radiance day cream which has grape stem cell and then our dew drops hyaluronic acid and vitamin c serum like we weren't able to make those sorts of products by hand because you need a natural preservative and so what we did instead is we googled like what are the best products for your skin that you can make at home and most of those are oil-based because then you don't need to use some sort of complex um, natural preservative um so that's why we started by making cleansing oils and um also those cleansing oils in a make Makeup remover wipe form and we also had oil serums so what we would do is like when you think about the process we literally just googled like Toronto manufacturer of like camellia seed oil and hoba oil. And we realized that there was one, a 20 minute drive from where I used to work. And so during my lunch break from my full-time job, I would drive over to that supplier, pick up the oils in jugs and put them in my car. And then Laura would come over in the evenings and on weekends to hand make the products. Um, and then again, back to your question of process from there, what we did is we knew that we were perfectionists and that if we waited until we felt fully ready, we would never start. So we gave ourselves an artificial deadline of starting and launching three months after we met. So we met on November 15 of 2016 and we launched March 1st of 2017. And along that process, what we did to get customer feedback is we went to farmers markets and craft fairs on the weekends and stood at a stall for like eight to 10 hours a day getting customer feedback and then just smell, touch and feel the product. And from there, if there was any negative and or really positive feedback, we would iterate the product quickly. So I think that's one of the like magical elements of starting your own business in a more bootstrapped, smaller way, because you're able to make changes that much faster. Awesome. So you did like testing, like live testing at these markets and 
different uh, places of that nature. Now, uh, was that the only way that you built up your uh, test marketing community? Did you use uh, any social media to build your brand? Like, how did you go about really getting this product out on the market? Yeah, so back then in 2017, the main marketing method I had was Instagram. So I created an Instagram account uh, even before the business launched. Um, so as soon as Laura and I met, I created an Instagram account for us and I would just post like aesthetic photos and, you know, aspirational quotes, like, you know, uh, being your own boss and those sorts of things, like really getting to the vibe of our consumer and people started to follow the account because they just really liked the feed, to be honest. And then as the product was just about to launch, then I started to tease our product photos. And then that's how we were able to get some of our first online customer orders was through Instagram. And I don't want to make it sound like it was easy because it definitely was was not, I was on Instagram three hours a day minimum. I was on Instagram commenting, following, liking um, people who were following competitors, skincare and natural makeup accounts, because th that was the best way I could think of to find people in a grassroots method that would buy our product. And then as soon as someone followed our account, I would go through their photos, I would like them, I would engage. And then when the product actually launched, I went through the entire list of hundreds, I think we were at around 1500 people who were following us by the point where we launched our first product. I DM'd every single person to tell them that the product was live. I gave them a custom discount code. So like wow, manual process to get the first customers. We never used bots or anything like that to buy followers. Um, so yeah, I have to say it was blood, sweat and tears all the way through, but I'm so glad I did that because I mean, you have to put in the work, especially when you start something new and you're trying to build your own brand. It's not something like just drop shipping something because in that case, it's just about, you know, quantity and then you get the money in, but for three ships, we're building a true brand with true customer loyalty. And it's about doing the things that aren't scalable that get you the biggest results. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, I, I feel you like, honey, I, I think most people are not willing to do all that, but I'm glad you shared like what it took for you to build things up <clears throat> you to get your community and you to, you know, connect with the people. Like it took dedication to send out 1500 <laughs> DMs. I'm sure. Oh but... my God. Totally. And like, that's just one of our stories. Like we have countless, like Laura and I, we would hand make products until 2 a.m. Um, when we got one of our first large orders, it was for 15,000 units, which was a lot to us back then. We stayed at my parents' house because then we moved manufacturing to their basement. Thank you, mom and dad. Um, so we moved into their basement and we actually stayed um, overnight at their house from Monday to Friday and used a week of like paid vacation from our nine to fives to hand make products from 8 a.m. until usually until 1 a.m. So we literally worked for five days in a row just to fulfill that order of 15,000 units with my mom and dad there helping as well. And by the end of it, all of our hands were blistered, bleeding. Like we had, you know, our wrists were hurting because of like the action of twisting the bottle. Even just doing this like motion of twisting a bottle cap actually gives me a little bit of PTSD. Um, just because I remember it was such a manual process. And I, the reason why I'm stressing this is because I don't want your audience to check out Three Ships Beauty and be like, oh, I can never be like that. Or, oh, like, you know, that was an overnight success because it definitely was not. And I really think if anyone's thinking of start, starting their own business today, you can do what we did. You just need to put in the time. Yes, yes, definitely. So, wow, wow. Just going back to being in your mom and dad's basement and doing all those, <laughs> that huge order. So how did you go from that to where you are now, scaling the business? Uh, what was the process of 
like how like how were you at the position where you could afford to take that big of an order and then from there how did you scale it yeah and i love these questions because you're getting really granular when it comes to the beginning days which i think a lot of people tend to gloss over so it's good it's, it brings me back to memory lane um so Okay, so let's go back in chronological order. So we started the brand Warrior 23. That was back, back in 2017. It was a side hustle. Um, we were working nine to fives. And then Laura and I always told ourselves that once we saved up enough money for six months of runway, where we could quit and not pay ourselves with three ships for six months, that's when we would quit. So we calculated all of our expenses like rent and utilities and entertainment. And then we calculated out, okay, how much do I need to save? to live off of these savings for six months. Um, and the ironic or funny thing is that we actually stretched out that six month period of not paying ourselves for 12 months. Um, so by that Christmas, I remember Laura and I were gifting our products to friends for Christmas. Um, we ate lots of ramen and pasta. So it was a very um, meager year, I think for the two of us. Um, so once we went full time, we were still manufacturing products in my parents' basement. So what it looked like is Laura and I got into an accelerator program that gave us free office space. So we would meet up um, in the from nine to five to like work on our business. And then in the evenings, we would go over to my parents' house to handmade products or stay over there on the weekends. So that was like the beginning days of starting to go full time. It wasn't, it wasn't like an overnight success again, very slow. And then something that really helped us was we pitched. Um, for a pitch competition um, that was sponsored by my old school, Queens University. And we won $10,000 um, for the pitch. So we actually used that 10 grand to apply for a retail trade show. So that was our first um, encounter with meeting large retailers like Whole Foods, which were still carried in after meeting them at that trade show. Um, and other retailers go, you know, buyers from Sephora and, and Goop and, you know, Anthropology. tons of really great beauty buyers used to go to that show. And so that was something that really propelled our growth from the wholesale channel or retail side. Um, and then along the way, so that's like around 2018, 2019, slowly growing our online business, but it's still kind of chugging along. Something that really changed the trajectory of our business was being on Dragon's Den, which is Canada's version of Shark Tank. So Honestly. we were on Dragon's Den in 2020. Uh, we auditioned, we're selected out of 2000 companies auditioned to be one of 80 that went on the show. Um, and that just completely changed our awareness overnight across Canada and also in parts of the US as well. Um, so once that actually went live, we raised our own round. So a financing round, we raised 1.4 million in two weeks after the Dragon's Den episode using the awareness and the hype from that show. And then that 1.4 million we used to really invest within our online channel and retail partnerships. Because when you sign on with the retail, you really need to spend in marketing to make sure that your products get off the shelf. So we spent on trade marketing, we spent on influencer PR, um, paid Facebook and Instagram ads. We hired a team um, because back then it was just me and Laura. Um, now it's a team of nine incredible women working with us across North America. So it's like little steps along the way. Um, and one more thing I'll also flag for your listeners is you don't need to go from, you know, hiring no one to hiring a whole team. What we did instead is we started with paid interns and then we hired fractional hires, which is kind of like a contractor, but they're more senior. So the reason why we recommend doing this path is because you don't need to pay a full-timer salary, which is 
usually really hard to do when you're a new business, but you still get the expertise of someone with decades of experience in the business. So um, that's kind of how we scaled. Um, and then today, yeah, we have a full team um, of nine women. We have 20 products. Um, you can find us at Credo Beauty, the Detox Market, Whole Foods. Um, and then within Canada, you can find us at Indigo, Halt Renfrew, and Hudson's Bay. Um, so it's been five years um, since we started as a side hustle. So I did, again, really want to hammer home the point that you just need to chug along. And even when it feels like nothing's happening, there's like things that are changing every day. You just don't notice them as much when you're constantly in the day-to-day. -day. But when you actually take a step back and reflect on your past few years, like I'm doing now in this podcast, you actually realize that you've been able to accomplish a ton. Yes, yes, definitely. If you haven't heard of Gloss Genius and are serious about improving your beauty business, I suggest you check it out. Gloss Genius has become one of the industry's leading booking, marketing, and payment apps. And it's the only one that's smart, stylish, and here to support you. Tens of thousands of independent and small teams across salons and spas nationwide trust Gloss Genius to help them run their business. We can see why. You get beautiful customized booking websites, easy clientele marketing tools, the lowest fees on built-in payments, and many more features for one low monthly price. The best part is that the Business Beauty Network listeners get 50% off your monthly subscription for the first three months. And the team at Gloss will move your client info, notes, upcoming appointments, and services over for free within a couple of days. To sign up, download Gloss Genius in the App Store and enter the code BBNGloss. That's BBNGloss. The direct link will be in the show notes. Now I want to talk about the products. So you have 20 products, which by the way, I've tried a few and girl, <laughs> Connie, I am, I am in love. And I want to know, like, how did, how do you... You know, I know your your clean products and and all of these things. I want you to kind of break down like the ingredients that goes into your products. But how do you keep the integrity of the products, but also keep the price affordable? I don't know how you guys do it because when I tried your products, I just knew when I went to the site. Usually, people will send me stuff, right? So I'll tell you, and I'll be like, oh my god, this oil is wonderful. And I'm like, oh my god, it's two hundred dollars just for the oil. So so I'm like, well, I don't know if I'm gonna buy that oil today. Yeah, but, but your stuff was like, oh. Hey, wait a minute. This is awesome. I was even more excited. So tell us about those things. Yeah. And honestly, what you just said is literally the problem that Laura and I set out to solve. Back when we were 23, we wanted to buy brands that were natural, but they were hundreds of dollars for one product or a full routine, which to be honest, is completely out of the question, even for me right now. And when we would go to our drugstore and try to find something that was natural and affordable, we quickly realized that everything's greenwashing. So that's the problem that we're trying to solve with three ships. We want to make excessively priced natural beauty that's actually affordable and actually effective. So to go back to your question of how we're able to keep our prices so affordable. First of all, we don't mark up our products like crazy. Most brands, it's shocking the margins that brands have. Like you're really paying for packaging and branding. That's it. Like think about how much you're spending in marketing. Your, your product dollars are going towards ads. 
Second thing is that we use the same packaging across different products instead of having custom molded packaging. Um, so for example, some brands will have bottles that are like custom, like, you know, wavy edges and like gold flakes and stuff like that's really expensive, but we believe that we pay for the magic that's in the bottle and not on the bottle. Um, and the third thing is we actually don't use any filler ingredients. So we ban 2,500 ingredients from our formulations, which is the longest ban list I've ever seen wow. for any beauty brand. To give you some perspective, Beauty Counter, which is, I think, one of the top leading natural uh, beauty brands, they ban 1,800 ingredients. And the European Union bans 1,300 ingredients from personal care. So we're almost double the European, we're, we're more than double the European Union or sorry, almost double uh, the European Union standards. Um, so by keeping our ingredient list short and having fewer filler ingredients, we actually pass along the cost saving to the customer. Um, and then in terms of efficacy, so our repeat purchase rate is 48%. So one in two women will actually repeat buy, which is more than double the industry average, which is 21%. So it goes to show that the products really work. We also have a board certified dermatologist partner um, and she's been awesome. She's one of North America's top dermatologists, Dr. Sandy Scott Nikki. Um, and she actually vets our formulations and makes sure that they're safe for sensitive skin. So I know it's a long-winded answer, but really want to hammer home the point that you can have natural skincare that is affordable and also effective. I think it's just for the longest time, there were so few brands that were offering natural skincare that they were able to charge something that was a little higher. Whereas nowadays, I feel like consumers are way more empowered with knowledge and information and understand what things cost. So that's why our products are all under $35 um, and the average price is just $22. Yes, I think it's definitely uh, phenomenal that you were able to do that. What would you say are your hero products? Do you have any particular products that people like really love? Yeah, brand. Oh my gosh, I have a couple. So first would be our Dewdrop Serum. Um, so it's a hyaluronic acid vitamin C serum. Uh, it helps to brighten and hydrate your skin. And it actually won Self Magazine's Best Hyaluronic Acid Serum Award last year. So it was actually tested by a team of 65 judges, including three dermatologists for two months. So really, like, honestly, once you try the product, you fall in love. It layers really well with skincare. Um, and then the second product I'd recommend is the Radiance Grape Stem Cell and Squalane Day Cream. Um, it's such a cult favorite. It's sold out three times over the past year. Um, and the reason why people love it so much is because it's a really nice blend of being lightweight while also being moisturizing. Because, you know, usually you trade off one for the other. Like if it's lightweight, mm -hmm. it doesn't do anything. And then if it's moisturizing, it feels so heavy on your skin. Um, so this is a perfect blend. And it also has Grape Stem Cell, which protects your skin from sun damage. Um, so those are the top two sellers. And if I had to throw in another one, it would be our Dream Bioretinol Night Cream. Um, so this launched in October and it's already risen to be one of our top three bestsellers. Um, it's actually safe for pregnancy and breastfeeding, whereas most retinol products are not. But because we use Bioretinol, which is a plant-based safe alternative, um, lots of women love this product and it actually helps to increase the rate of skin cell turnover overnight. So to recap, the uh, Dewdrop Serum, the Radiance Cream, and then also the Dream Night Cream. Awesome, awesome. I have tried the uh, the Radius Cream myself and absolutely love it. But the products I've tried from your line were surprisingly great. And I think it's because, I, to be honest, I've tried many skincare lines and when one works, it's like, oh my God, and, and it's affordable. I was like, oh yes, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I know, that's the thing, like we get so many customer reviews where it's like, I took a chance on this brand because I figured, you know, spend $20, why not try it out? And I absolutely fell in love 
I've changed all my skincare products to be three ships. I've told all my friends about the brand. Um, another great customer review that I always fall back on is there was this woman who was in her fifties who didn't feel comfortable to leave her house without foundation because of her acne. And in her review, she said that for the first time in 20 years, she felt confident enough to leave the house foundation free. Um, so it's like those sorts of reviews that talk about customer confidence um, that really just really touched my soul, I think, because this is the mission that we're here to, to really solve is people's confidence and people's self-love because skin is something that's so personal to people. And I, it just pains me to see how much people are overpaying for skincare solutions um, when they don't need to. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I, I, is, the mission is clear. And I actually, you answered like my last question. I was going to ask you what's the overall mission. And you've shared a lot about your journey. And I really appreciate that. Now, what would, what would you say, um, you know, having over the five years, like clearly you love skincare. And um, since the fifth grade, right, you're yeah. member. So clearly you love it. What has been the best part of your entrepreneurial journey so far? Like just only this uh, skincare line and starting this brand, what's been the best part? Mm, okay, so usually I say reading customer reviews because it is, but since I already talked about that, um, I think one of the best parts is being the example of a female leader that I always looked up to. Like I, there's this quote, I actually have it on my desktop wallpaper. I'll read it now. Um, and it says, I'm a woman that a younger me had always admired, but never really imagined they'd be. And that is my greatest accomplishment. And, you know, it really, like when I think about that quote, it always makes me cheer up a little because back when I was graduating from university, I felt so dumb and like I wouldn't accomplish anything in life because I compared myself so much to my classmates and they were all going into finance and banking and consulting. And I remember thinking like, I just like marketing and sales and branding. And like, you know, it felt so wishy-washy and I didn't have any leaders that I could look up to, but the women that I did admire were female founders, like, you know, Emily Weiss at Glossier or, you know, people who were working really high up in beauty companies like Estee Lauder or Unilever. And now five years later, looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am that woman that former Connie would have loved to have a coffee chat with. And that's such a cool feeling to think about. Um, and that's why also I'm really big into mentorship. Like I, I love talking to younger women um, about wanting to start their own business or about the path that they want to take after university, because I still remember what it was like to be so uncertain in life and to be really lost and down on myself. Wow, thanks for sharing that, Connie. Now, what can you say has been the most challenging part? Mm, I mean, I think the challenging part is just like the amount of stress, to be honest. I mean, in full transparency, even right before this call, I was just on a call with a naturopath and I was, and she was like, what's your biggest thing you're working on? I'm like, stress, I'm so stressed, I'm so anxious. And she was like, that's very common for an entrepreneur. But, um, you know, it, it's a lot of stress and a lot of pressure. I mean, being responsible for seven other people on the team salary, other than me and my co-founder is a huge responsibility that Laura and I don't take lightly. Like we're responsible for people livelihood that's a stress in itself making sure that the products will always be effective and affordable you know if there's ever customer complaints those 
are ones that really stress us out and we always want to make sure we resolve them really quick. The stress of cash flow to make sure we're keeping the business running. Um, the stress of just like not being sure what the future of the business will be. Um, the stress of having to balance the amount of work with also trying to have a personal life. Like there's a lot of stress involved when it comes to running a business. And I think that's been one of the hardest things. Um, but I would say that I have an amazing team and an incredible co-founder. And if it weren't for them, I definitely would have quit a long time ago because it's a really, really difficult and challenging process to be, you know, within startup. And if it's not, if it wasn't for my team, I don't know uh, what I could do without them really. <laughs> now, where you go for motivation? Like, is there, do, you know, like, do you have a, a book that you read or is there a, a group we should be aware of, a podcast you listen to, like where do you get your source of motivation from? So one of my biggest sources of motivation is the podcast, How I Built This um, by Guy Raz, uh, NPR. Um, mm -hmm. Back when I was even in university, I started listening to it. And I love that podcast because- I do too. Yeah, he just interviews all these really incredible founders of some of the largest companies, but gets really granular about the beginning days. And I remember back when Laura and I were handmaking products in my kitchen, we would tune into that podcast and we would tell ourselves that one day we would be on How I Built This. So it's still very much on my vision board because I'm a huge, huge fan of that show. And it makes the experience of running a startup feel more humanized. Um, so that's definitely one of my biggest sources of inspiration. I also have this um, playlist on YouTube of like a bunch of different motivational videos that I've kind of saved along the way. So sometimes when I'm feeling really down, I'll just click on a random video and watch it. Um, and those tend to really hype me up. So, you know, one of them, for example, is a speech that Steve Jobs gave at a commencement um, about life and death. And I think it was right before he was about to pass. Like those sorts of things really hit home because it reminds you that at the end of the day, we're just like monkeys on a spinning rock, essentially, and we're all going to die eventually. So when I'm feeling really stressed, you know, uh, or, or unmotivated, sometimes I'll be like, well, in the grand scheme of things, like how important is this? And if it, it, if it does feel really important, then double down. And if it's something that's stressing me out, but it, I feel like it's not going to really matter in a year, then why do you care so much? So I feel like those are the main source of motivation that I go to. Um, and the third thing I would say also is just talking to my partners, my fiance, um, you know, we, we share a lot of our struggles and also like our triumphs together and having our couch time to talk about the future that we have together and like the future for our lives and like where we want to go with our businesses is super motivating. Um, so I would say those three would be the main source of motivation for me. Awesome. Thanks so much for sharing, Connie. Well, Connie, it has been phenomenal having you on the podcast today and learning more about you and Three Ships. Can you tell everyone how they can connect with you and find your brand online? Sure. So you can shop Three Ships at threeshipsbeauty.com. Um, our Instagram is at threeshipsbeauty. Um, and my personal Instagram is at itsconnielo. So I-T-S-C-O-N-N-I-E-L-O. Um, if you DM me, I'm always happy to help you with any founder struggles or problems or questions that you have. Super big into mentorship. So definitely hit me up. Last quick question. Thank you, Connie. I'll make sure I have all of that information in the show notes. But last quick question. How did you guys come up with the name? 
Yeah. Um, so to backtrack and give you some backstory, when we were thinking of what we want our brand to stand for, we really thought about this like less is more angle. Like you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars for a product, for example. And we came across the discovery of the Fountain of Youth, which obviously is not a real place. Um, but the explorer who was known for discovering this place was known for traveling with just three ships versus most explorers would have dozens and dozens of boats in their fleet. And we we're like, oh, this is really cool because it really resonates with us. Um, and that's why we call our name Three Ships. It's like, you don't need to pay hundreds of dollars. You don't need to have a 12-step routine. Um, you don't need to have hundreds of ingredients in a product for it to be effective. And also, um, transparently, it's gender neutral. And we do have a quarter of our customers being men because we believe skin is skin. Like there, there doesn't mm -hmm. need to be a discrepancy between men's skincare and women's skincare. And so we didn't want something that was overly feminine. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, thanks for sharing that backstory. I think that's an awesome story. Kylie Lowe, everybody, three ships. Make sure you check them out. We'll have all the information in the show notes. As always, stay great and we are out. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast today. Make sure you subscribe. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and leave a review. I want to hear from you. Email me at info at businessbeautynetwork.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at I am Brandy Taylor and Facebook at I am Brandy Taylor. I want to connect with you, so let's stay connected. And remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.